Patreon.com slash the walk-off podcast. Uh, $4 a month gets you in there. Baseball, Blue Jays, and more baseball. It's the walk-off with Scott Belford and Adam Mack. This ball is crushed. The diehard podcast for the casual fan. And another one. My goodness. Every single week, we comb through all of the interaction from the previous week where you are laying down comments on YouTube or sending us messages on Twitter. Of course, you can always reach out to get your question or comment on the mailbag by sending it to us at Twitter, uh, X, whatever you want to call it there, at Walk Off Podcast. You can shoot us a message on Instagram, the Walk Off Podcast. The Patreon gets that Patreon bump. So if you are paying that four bucks a month for our premium package where you get... uh, uh, MLB Mondays included every Monday. You get instant access to all of our interviews. Speaking of interviews, by the way, we are going to be sitting down with Keegan Matheson of MLB.com next week. We also have Taylor Sacedo, uh, currently Seattle Mariners bullpen piece, formerly with the Blue Jays, longtime friend of the show coming back on Monday. So you can uh, get instant access to those. We'll be releasing those sometime uh, day of between the day of and a week or two later, depending on the urgency of that. Yeah. Uh, I would say any like journalist type interview, Keegan Matheson, one of the sports net crew that's going out right away. Prospects probably might be a week before they come out over Christmas. I don't think we're putting anything out on YouTube until January, probably like, um, they'll be up on Patreon right away, but I don't think there's any point putting a, Taylor Sacedo interview out on December 25th. Nobody's going to watch that. So There you go. Yeah, so a big thank you to everyone who is involved in the Patreon. We do appreciate it. Of course, uh, comments, questions automatically get in the mailbag. If you do so, this is a Monday morning mailbag on a Tuesday afternoon. Thank you so much for all your interaction. I'm Scott Belford, joined as always by the best co-host in the biz, Adam Mack. All sorts of questions and comments on Shohei Otani. This very well might as well be called the Shohei Otani mailbag. But uh, when you're in it, you're in it. You know? I'm enjoying it. Listen, I know you keep saying temper your expectations. You're only going to bring yourself more disappointment. But this is where I'm at, Adam. I'm basking in the possibilities. Yeah, I mean, imagine we signed him just to trade him. We signed him just for like the hall of prospects we could get back. Imagine that <laughs> 4D chess move. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, Shohei Otani, it's official. Uh, coming to Toronto. Order your jerseys now, I think. Uh, okay, you put. Percentage. Adam's chance. a wet blanket, everybody. Uh, Adam is just a wet blanket right now. <laughs> you, yesterday, you were saying what, ten to fifteen percent chance? I gave it a ten percent chance. Ten percent chance, and we figure roughly eight teams are in on Shohei. Blue Jays being one of them, mm-hmm. right? So, if everybody had an even chance, that's twelve and a half percent for everybody. So you literally think we're about as good a shot as anyone. You were yeah, do you, more or less. I might even. I mean, yesterday I was at ten percent. Today I'm at thirty percent. I think that the Dodgers Jays thirty percent. Oh we're, my we're, god! My percentage is going up, buddy. Holy smoke! <laughs> Sorry, Cubs fans. Uh, we're hogging your percentage points. So you think it's, what, a three-horse race? Giants, Dodgers, Blue Jays? What do you think? I think the Cubs are in there a little bit. Uh, Well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, Let's start with the polls that are up on Patreon. So we did a poll after yesterday's show. uh, Blue Jays record in 2026. We must have been a little more pessimistic yesterday than we are today. Um. If things go off the rails and we're in a rebuild, potentially, 
I think yeah. was the argument for why we might have a a scary record in 2026. But that was th- that's the year I think where if we're above 500 and doing good. Then the last or the next two years have gone well. Otherwise, it could be scary. So votes are in on the poll now for Patreon. Sixty uh, percent figure we're going to be well above 500 in 2026. Good, love to hear it. Twenty percent says a game or two above 500. Ten percent a game or two below 500, and ten percent well below 500. So there you go. Poll number one. Uh, poll number two was, uh, what should Adam's December top ten video be for the Patreon? Uh, unfortunately, everybody voted for the one I want to do the least, which was top ten Christmas movies. Sixty nine percent of the vote. So hey, I'm doing my top <laughs> ten Christmas movies list. I know everybody just wants to know where I fall on Die Hard. Uh, not gonna spoil my answer now but you'll have to watch that that'll be out right away because i want to get that out well ahead of christmas um there was a vote for top 10 christmas songs uh and a few votes for top 10 christmas treats i.e beverages snacks foods etc so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna do a top 10 christmas movies but i'm also going to do a top five in the same video top five christmas songs top five christmas treats so there you are go. You, are you a my... nog man? Do you nog? You're gonna have to tune in to this top ten list to find <laughs> out, my friend. Right. <laughs> Jeez, can't just give it all away to the. All right. Um, and then that brings us lastly to the November top ten. I know it's December fifth, but it will be out today. My top ten TV moms. I'd be so good to. So that's exciting. That's available on patreon.com slash the walkoff podcast. Okay, let's get to the mailbag, shall we? Let's do it. Okay, uh, Marcus G leading it off. Uh, prop bets for the Minter. Uh, Minter. Win- let's start that again. 3 4 69. Prop bets for the Minter readings. Will the Jays finish second, third, or fourth in the Shohei sweepstakes? Uh, and then over under July 11th for when Shatkins leaks, how close we got to signing Shohei to try and help save his job in 2024. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> Marcus is hanging out with me at the train station. We're not ready to get on the hype train for Shohei. Quite yeah. Yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, the whether you like him or not, uh, this front office has done a good job of going hard after Otani. I mean, I know that all you need is a lot of money, but uh, there's a ton of people working uh, around the <laughs> clock. There are. There's a lot of um, staff amongst the Blue Jays organization that have put together proposals, have put together video stuff, who have put together a whole pitch. This isn't just Ross Atkins taking a napkin with... $500 million written on it and him sliding it across the table, right? This is a, a, a whole wooing process and there's a lot of people involved and they've done a good job of keeping it low key. And they've also done a pretty good job of obviously being in the mix of things. I mean, there is the saying where there's smoke, there's fire and my God, there's a lot of smoke. I know that, uh, as Blue Jays fans, we've been hurt before being used as the team for leverage and kind of using Toronto as a way to increase the bids from other organizations. And that could be still happening, but. I think. I think there's a percentage chance. I had my odds. Listen, your Look, side's I... the easy side to be on, though, right? It's easy to just be like, Toronto has no chance. And then you get to hang your hat on that. I'm letting myself get hurt here. I'm going to look so smart when Shohei doesn't sign with the Blue Jays. And I can be like, <laughs> I knew it. Uh, yeah, real brilliant baseball mind there. Um, 
Okay, so do we finish second, third, or fourth in the Shohei sweepstakes? I think yes is the answer. Um, I don't, I don't know if we finish second or third or if, I don't care. It's either get him or you don't. Um, I refuse to answer that question, Marcus. How much? <laughs> how much did it? Because I know a lot of there was like that weird moment last year when like Justin Verlander was like, oh yeah, I almost signed in Toronto this year. Mm-hmm. didn't does that bother you when you hear it like does that feel like ah shit we almost had him or we're at that point in the season or you're like ah fuck fuck you anyways i don't know why it doesn't bother me it doesn't never bother bothers me, me when i find out the jays were close it literally sends some people into a whole tizzy but you, you know what last year when i found out that we were close on the top japanese free agent and going to the Red Sox. I can't think of his name. Mm-hmm. Yoshida, right? Yeah, it might be Yoshida. Uh, that upset me because mm-hmm. when you penciled together what the timeline of events was and that he thought he was coming to Toronto, Toronto thought he was coming to Toronto. And then at the last minute, it was like, no, you're going to Boston. And then the panic moves that set in in the aftermath. I, like, I think that my interpretation of the timeline was that after we lost out on Yoshido, it was when we were like, okay, we got to still make these moves. Let's go get all in on Dalton Varsho. Yeah. And I'm not anti-Dalton Varsho, but I do feel like missing out on on Masataka that one. When Yoshida. we felt like he was, yeah. we were starting to like, okay, we got him. And then you start penciling in your depth chart. And then all of a sudden you have this devastating carpet pull on you and that's when scramble mode sets in i think it was one of the least calculated moments uh in this atkins era <laughs> that's just my interpretation reading between the lines like i said but so like that is uh that was the one time in the aftermath again this is months later but then to look back in hindsight and go oh that makes sense why maybe we over overpaid for dalton varsho in the moment or whatever right I digress. Question Uh, for you. Yeah. If and when Mm -hmm. the Shohei news drops over under three days, we see the Blue Jays make a big move. Because obviously they are really concentrated on this right now, as are the rest of the teams and organizations that are vying for Shohei to come sign. But I think that there's obviously got to be a ton of prep and work being done on a very likely backup plan, right? Yeah, I think that they've already got their backup plan in place whatever that might be. I think everybody has to. So over under three Like we could literally see Otani sign and then literally 12 hours later, Jorge Soler being announced to the Jays, right? Like, yeah, I don't think that that's unrealistic to be like, uh, we hear the news in the morning, Shohei signs, and by dinner time, we're seeing Randy or Rosarena jerseys for sale on the Blue Jays website. (laughs) Well, that's not any crazier than Shohei Otani coming to Toronto. Over under three days, I'll say under. I'll say under. Okay. I I I think that in the three days that follow, there's going to be half a dozen big announcements in the terms mm-hmm. of free agent signings and trades. I think yeah, going it's going to be a be frenzy closer right? once to the Shohei drops. Yeah, I think there's going to be over a dozen transactions, right? These are going to be other free agents that aren't as sexy of a name, aren't as big of a... But there's a lot of pieces that are going to start falling, and I think it's going to be... uh, You know when you're at the grocery store, and you're in the produce section, and you grab an apple, but you grab, like, the wrong apple, and then the whole display tumbles down? Mm -hmm. You know that feeling? Mm -hmm. An apple lanch. Uh, it's going to be an avalanche of transactions once the Shohei Apple has been pulled. Also known as an avalanche if you're into snow. I haven't seen snow in over a year, so... (sighs) Pretty mild winter, Scott. Pretty mild winter. 
yeah, over under three days, under three days for the Jays making a big move. I think that's. Grounds crew, where are you at? Over under three games after the Shohei news drops, do we see the Blue Jays make a move? If for some very realistic reason, the Jays aren't the team that Shohei <laughs> signs with. Um, and then over under July 11th for when Shatkins leaks how close we got to signing Shohei. I've taken the under because I think it's in the immediate oh, aftermath. It, I, yeah, I think it'll be the next day. It, listen, yeah, listen, it might listen. be an official press conference or something of like, hey, yeah, we went hard. We were very close. We're very happy with the effort our team put in and courting him. And we I really feel like we... Exactly, our, exactly. Yeah. All of that stuff is going to come out immediately. And then also the obligatory, like, calm the fan base. But don't worry. Like, we've got other plans on the stovetop. Do you think they do a combined press conference, right? When they announce that they've got Juan Soto, they also announce that they were second place for Shohei Otani. (laughs) Yeah, and then probably also in that same (laughs) breath announce that, like, wasn't my fault we didn't sign Shohei. He said that he had issues with John Schneider. So Mm -hmm. it's John Schneider's fault that Shohei didn't sign here. (laughs) I had no idea John Schneider was talking to him on the side. (laughs) Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Okay. Uh, Next one comes from Metal Manic on Patreon. Um, Says this is a crazy take. If the Jays go nuts and sign both Otani and Yamamoto plus extend Kikuchi and then trade away Bassett for a stud bat, then the sky is the limit on their future. Uh, Not only will Rogers be making enormous profits from the star power ads, etc. and TV rights to millions in Japan around the world, he'll also be kicking the doors wide open for a pipeline of future Japanese talent. No doubt, Uh, the Blue Jays would be a top pick for future stars for years to come. And if Otani pitches again in 2025, just imagine uh, Otani, Gossman, Yamamoto, Kikuchi, and Barrios. And Ricky T will be relevant by then, if not traded. That's quite the fantasy world. There's a lot there. There's a lot there. Um. He did provide a TLDR, which I I really appreciated. The too long didn't read is uh, the Jays have money and potential to always be rebuilding while remaining competitive beyond 2025. They just need to lock down the eternal star power available this offseason to make Toronto a top tier MLB location for decades to come. What do you think of that? Do you think the Shohei Otani signing would have ripple effects in future free agency classes. Absolutely. Look at what Achiro Suzuki did for Seattle with putting them on the map as a destination for Japanese players, young kids watching major league baseball for the first time seeing their hero, Achiro on the Mariners. It made it a destination for Japanese players. This is something that the Mariners are still reaping the benefits of years after Achiro has retired. So will there be a ripple effect if Otani is in Toronto? Hell yeah, there will be. Having the most recognizable, most famous, most maybe the best baseball player to ever play the game in the Toronto market? Oh, baby. Like, yeah. (laughs) And again, that's the other thing that people just seem to so quickly brush to the wayside is that Japan, like, what's the difference to a Japanese player of America versus Canada? Like, right. We were talking about this before we hit record. Not to be ignorant, but like, as, as just a Canadian, like, what's the difference between... Chicago and Arizona. Yeah. No, I mean, we talked about this for the Patreon portion before we went live of like for a guy like Aaron judge. Yeah. You got 29 teams that are technically still in your country. 
versus Toronto. Like the, there is your just, country. It is your an extra country. hurdle to get past, right? It is that mm-hmm. I know they're very similar uh, cultures between the U.S. and Canada, uh, languages, and it's they're so intertwined. But yeah, for someone who's not from either country, is Does there a big difference? Right? It's it, like, like I don't know. And that's the other thing that no one is giving enough weight to is how little every single person in Major League Baseball media knows about what Shohei actually wants. We don't know. I don't know. Uh, If Shohei hasn't signed by Friday, there's a chance he won't. Some people think he still won't sign till the new year. I think it's getting close. Yeah. Like once you're meeting with teams at their spring training facilities, like teams that there's 1% chance you're signing with, like the Blue Jays. Um, You're at the end of your due diligence path, right? Like you meet with all the top contenders first, don't you? Like the Dodgers would have been one of his first stops, right? Mm -hmm. Because he just needs to drive there from his home in L.A. (laughs) Um, if he hasn't signed by Friday, I will spend the next three days writing as many Shohei Otani ad campaign puns for Canadian businesses that I can think of, and I'll share them on Friday. Fantastic. There you go. Um... Yeah, send those in, too. If you guys uh, listening in the grounds crew have some good ones for uh, whatever. What's a, I can't even think of a Canadian brand now. Is Old Dutch Money Mart. Chips, is that Canadian? Money Mart. Oh, Money Mart. That's a good one. Show um, me the money. <laughs> okay, All right, Scott. <laughs> okay. This is why Move you're the on. professional. Oh, millions of fans <laughs> yeah, yeah, on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, all right. How about O'Henry? Oh, oh. I'm like, is O'Henry Canadian? I don't know, but... <laughs> See, first step for me is going to be Googling Figuring Canadian out what companies are brands, Canadian. Right? Yes. So, uh, there we go. Okay, um, let's move on from there then. Next one we've got... Uh, Mark on Patreon. Uh, new to Patreon, too. Uh... And first time submitting a question to the mailbag through the Patreon. So Mark says, hey guys, love the show. Been listening for about a year now. Uh, Thank you, Mark. Really love the Writer's Room Wednesday content as well. Uh, It's really interesting to see you all build characters and script from the ground up. Are you okay with followers giving some random thoughts and ideas for the show? Or is that just kind of annoying? So uh, for anybody that doesn't know, Scott, myself, Joel, aka Hey Kami. We are writing a script, a series of scripts. We are writing a television a series. series. Yeah. So this is a baseball comedy because it's been too long since we've had a good baseball comedy uh, in the world. So, um, yeah, we're going through that process. We are meeting uh, every Wednesday on Zoom uh, to coordinate our efforts and re- focus our attention uh mm-hmm. distribute workload and stuff like that so We've got that is available written. joel has that all done up yes. uh, did, I know you, did you read two. that first one yet the first episode uh, yes i've read the pilot yeah okay. of course uh, i was shocked by the direction he took some things so i was disappointed that i didn't get to see him on wednesday because i wanted to uh hammer him on some some points there. So this week, finally get to uh, push back on some things. So it'll be a good one this week. Um, yeah. But yeah, anybody that is on Patreon, uh, Writer's Room Wednesday is about an hour long episode of us writing this TV series, this baseball comedy. Um, so you can see where we're at in the process, stuff like that. Uh, we do also have um, that script. Uh, character sheets, a lot of different extra uh, work that goes into it um, that is available in a Google Drive that is 
available at our top tier of the Patreon. So uh, Deborah, by the way, messaged and asked to get her email address added to the permissions list to view that. So Deborah, if you're seeing this, you have now been added. So you can go in and you can see, read the first script, uh, see all the rest of it and uh, go from there. But yes, uh, to answer Mark's question, uh, we're totally cool with uh, you guys giving your feedback and your thoughts mm-hmm. and one of the reasons we're sharing questions, this, this build from the ground up is exactly for that reason so yep. we'd love to hear from you folks there you go um okay and then an actual question for the mailbag from mark though is uh he says this is a bit of a projection since you'll be reading this on tuesday but now that the blue jays have signed otani traded for soto and dealt kirk for moreno straight up what should they focus on next? Well, so. as a fan base, we should definitely focus on how well Kirk is doing in Arizona and what a shit trade that was. How could we fall for this for a second time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> no, I, I mean, I very funny. I, I mean, I get what he's saying. Um, we kind of touched on this, right? Dominoes are going to start to fall. Once once Otani is made his decision, we are going to see big-time action all around Major League Baseball. I think the Blue Jays are going to be right there with the rest of the teams trying to bolster their, their organizations, trying to improve their teams. Where do the Jays go? I know that there's so many different roads that they can take here. We are well aware that currently, as it sits, pitching is the most available commodity on the free agent market. The Blue Jays don't really need starting pitching. Yes, you can always use depth. You can always, there's, I mean, we all know the old adage of you can't have too much pitching and it proves itself true year after year after year. And I know that there are, uh, myself included, some a little worried about the way uh, the karma could swing from the baseball gods because my goodness was the Toronto Blue Jays starting pitching ever healthy last year, yep. and I Hope mean outside do, really. of a outside of a face plant from Alec Manoa, everything that could have gone right went right. So adding some depth there is probably a good idea. But what is really interesting is the player position, uh, position players, I should say. That market is weak. And so we could see some really interesting trades that no one saw coming. Things out of left field, pun intended, <sighs> to fill some of these holes. Um, it's going to be fun. Cardinals GM at the winter meetings in a press conference acknowledged the fact that uh, Canadian outfielder Tyler O'Neill likely to be traded. Had a down season last year, but he's yes, got he he's got power. He's, got power. he's shown the power yeah. in the past. So last year it was unhealthy uh, to start the season, and I think it was last season, right, when he rounded third and got thrown yeah, out at home, kind of jogging. Yeah, Marmol threw him under the bus of like, hey, hustle, you got to hustle, and he's like, I'm fucking coming back from injury, fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm on Tyler O'Neill's side for that one. I'd love to have Tyler O'Neill if we're talking about adding a Canadian piece. If I got Joey Votto or Tyler O'Neill, give me Tyler O'Neill all day long. I think th- I think so too, and I think that the upside of Tyler O'Neill would be oh, really yeah. nice. That, you know, it's like it fielder. wouldn't cost us much to get because he had no. the down season, like a mini reclamation project with like power potential. Throw him in mm-hmm. left field. Oh, that feels like just a great and that's match a move made in that you, That's a move you can make. If you get Otani, like that's a move you yeah. can make. If you get Soto, like that's a minor move that could really move the needle at the back and the bottom end of that, of that batting order. Yep. Um, okay. Moving on then. Um, yeah. Okay. So what should they focus on next? Uh, there's just those other, pieces yeah, right there are other, still, other areas still for sure need an outfielder mm-hmm. still need a third baseman whether that's matt chapman or somebody else um jmar candelario <laughs> sure 
um, they can, I think we, the assessment is they could get by with an internal option at second base, right? Like they don't sure need they between Espinal, Biggio, Davis Schneider, they can patch work together a competent second base season, right? Ralvis Martinez has been taking reps at second base over the right. last year. So. We, we've seen Addison Barger play second, short, third. Yeah. There are plenty of internal options that can fill That's second. They 100% say. agree. You don't have good Adam. enough defense to play DH, play second base instead. Um, So it's whatever. It's a fillable thing. But they definitely need at least one outfielder, at least a third baseman at a minimum. Um, so there you go. That's what they got to focus on. I think we're okay for pitching. Do we need a pitcher? Do you want to add a, another starting pitcher? Cause right now we're at, uh, yes. Gossman, Bassett, Barrios. Kukuch. Kukuch. Right. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, then reuse a free agent, right? He's gone. Ryu's gone. Alec Manoa is a question mark. Ricky Tiedemann, they're going to, for service time reasons, wait until at least the end of uh, April before calling him up. Just makes sense with a 21-year-old kid not to start his arb years an extra year early. Um, Yeah, I think they need to go out and get a pitcher. Could be a low-end guy. Kind of someone who is a possible number five in the rotation. Make some of them fight it out. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the trade market too, because the Blue Jays do have some strength that they could pull from, from the pitching market. So they could trade a guy like Kikuchi and then use the free agent market to fill back load, you know, hoping that Manoa is going to rebound and Tiedemann could be a legitimate needle mover in 2024. This just bought Kikuchi's only owed 10 million. That's the thing. That's the value behind Kikuchi yeah. there. Um, I was thinking about Juan Soto and the trade to get him. And everyone I think about right now is as being in on Juan Soto is people that I think can afford to keep him long term, right? Like the Yankees, Blue Jays, uh, anybody that's in on Shohei Otani. But then there's always like the asterisk of like, well, what would you give up to get them? And if it's only for one year, you can't give up too much. Why? Why is a team like the Tampa Bay Rays not in on Juan Soto? Like, could they not just afford to pay his arbitration of whatever, 29 million this year? Give up. Hey, here's Tyler Glass now. And, you know, one of their or a couple of their never-ending supply of of cheap prospects. Like, I'm just surprised at the... Because we were hearing them last year as being like a dark horse suitor for... forget who it was. Anyways. Ugh, can you imagine Juan Soto to the Rays? They've just been, like, weirdly Man. aggressive and players in the free agency and trade market in the last, like, two years, and... What's going to be really interesting, Adam, is once Otani signs to see who is in on the Juan Soto trade that maybe no one saw coming. Like, yeah. imagine the Dodgers lose out on Otani in some way, and now they're like, you know what? Fuck you, Yankees. We are getting Soto. And then it's just like Yankees fans yeah. are sitting there crying with their hand out again, right? Please, sir. May I have some more? Well, Dodger, Dodgers just said uh, Mookie Betts is playing full-time second base this year. Yeah, well, they've got an opening in right field. Stick one Soto out there. I don't know. Um, Padres. If you're the Padres, you can't trade Juan Soto to the Dodgers, though, can you? No. That's a okay. great point. Um, Chandra DM'd on Twitter and said, "Good morning, gentlemen. Trying again for mailbag. Hopefully, this one sticks. Uh, nothing gets you on mailbag quicker than like." A guilt trip. So well yes. played. Well played, well played. Uh It worked. Uh, curious what you guys think about the way Toronto and Canada is perceived by American media. Uh, the way some reporters down south are acting, you'd think Toronto was a small market with no resources or fan base. 
it's ignorance and it happens to the best of us. I know that when I went to Minneapolis for the wild card series, I had no idea what to expect with Minneapolis. I didn't know what I was walking into. I viewed it as a, a smaller market city mm -hmm. and I got there and I was blown away by the age of the city, the downtown core, the architecture, the art scene, everything that was laid out within the city, the the stadium, the fan base. I felt silly because I'd always kind of put Minneapolis as this like, oh, little Midwest town, you know, they're so lucky to have a team. <laughs> and no, it's like a major fucking city. <laughs> That's like one of the biggest in the area of like draw, <laughs> draw a, a surrounding area around there of like a thousand miles in any direction. And it's the biggest city like it. So, yeah, if you haven't been to Toronto and you don't know much about Canada, you're literally going to think it's some little podunk country that doesn't have anything going on. And I think a lot of Americans would be surprised of how city-centric Canada is. The majority of our population, I think it's 71% or something like that, live in cities in Canada. Edmonton, by the way, 1 million people. And you can look this up. So 1 million people. If you were to bring up a list of cities, the most populated cities in the U.S., Edmonton would rank ninth, which... Just saying it sounds crazy, but Edmonton is there's very few cities in the U.S. that are over a million people, unless you're counting the whole county and area and stuff like that. Even Toronto, 2.5 million people like, yes, if you count the GTA, greater Toronto area, it's six million. There's a lot of there's a lot of people in the cities in Canada, and we don't really get enough credit for that. If you don't know, you don't know, though. Do I, I hold know. it against them? I mean, I do get a little bit tired of them acting like Toronto is this, you know, why would anyone go to Toronto? It's like, well, <laughs> if you're not from the U.S., Toronto's the same as any of these other cities. <laughs> oh, we're going to take heat in the comment section for that. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> People in Toronto love when we either give it too much credit or don't give it enough. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't have anything else really to add. Uh, I think he summed it up nicely. So there you go. Good question, Chandra. Uh, okay. I'm going to throw to you for the discord discussion on the leak. Right. Yes. So obviously late last night, Ken Rosenthal reported of the athletic Ken Rosenthal, one of the most, I don't know, believable analysts. Like, he's one of the more reputable guys, eh? Outside, like Jeff Passan, number one, Ken Rosenthal, number two? I might flip that. I might put Ken okay. Rosenthal wow. number one. There you For go. For me, so okay. Rosenthal, truly one of the... Yeah, I think Rosenthal... I don't know. I'd have to go back and rehash what happened with him and MLB.com when he was fired by MLB.com the way he was reporting on that 2020 season. Mm -hmm. I think that lends credibility. Like just a little bit extra. That might be the tiebreaker for me. It's like, oh, if Manfred fires you for the way, because you're not being the mouthpiece he demands you to be, kudos. That's my interpretation of how things went down. Could I could be wrong on that. Correct me if I'm wrong. But in my no, brain, I, that's I, the I, way I... it's registered. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, three years ago, a lot's happened, but that's the way he's, I remember bottom that line, Whether he's number one or number two, he is one of the most credible reporters working in the baseball world right now. And he came out and reported that most likely, uh, the way he worded it was reportedly Shohei Otani was visiting the Dunedin facilities with the Blue Jays yesterday. And of course... This inspired panic on Twitter that the Jays leaked this. And we all know that Otani's camp has been very firm on if you leak something, if you're talking to the media, that is going to be a black mark against you. So everyone was freaking out that 
the Jays might be out because of this. Uh, of course, we all heard the reports on Saturday that Shohei was visiting San Francisco. I mean, anyways, so this is what was going on in Discord. This is what they're talking about here is the leak. And original Blunt Smokin' says, also the fact that this was leaked by Ken and none of the Jays beat makes me think that it came from the player agent. Rink says, I mean, I'm not surprised it was leaked. If Shohei actually went to Florida, that's quasi impossible to miss. And about a thousand different people could have seen that. It's true. I mean, Shohei Otani's pretty recognizable. And he's, what, 6'6", six, 6'5", six, six, something like that? Like, a giant Japanese man is in Florida? You're probably surrounded by suits and an entourage? Like, that might be something people notice. <laughs> you think Shohei Otani like, ever wears a shirt like the one you're wearing? <laughs> and then yeah, finally it, he wraps it up. He wraps it up with, if I was an MLB reporter, I'd have spies everywhere to get that info. Uh, of course, it is Major League Baseball's most interesting signing in maybe forever is Shohei Otani. Where is Shohei going? So I think the Otani camp is going to be lenient when it comes to some of this information coming out. I mean, we haven't heard any numbers being discussed. We haven't heard term being discussed. We don't even know for sure who's all in on him. So in general, most of these organizations have done a good job of keeping a lid on these rumors and the information that is seeping out. Is it going to be held against the Jays? I would be shocked. I would be absolutely shocked if something like this is held against the Blue Jays organization. We've watched Ross Atkins do a press conference just this morning on MLB radio. Um, or sorry, not a press conference, an interview. Denied everything. Like he didn't deny it, but he he, he just kept it very neutral with what he was saying. He wasn't giving any actual information. I think we've seen the same thing out of the Cubs and of course the Dodgers and everyone's keeping a wrap on things. The truth is we know nothing. And that's, what's really crazy and kind of exciting about this whole process is that despite all of these rumors, despite all of these <clears throat> exciting little tidbits, we still don't know shit. Okay. So before this article, Blue Jays, quote, believed to have met with Otani on Monday. Believed to. Not was cited yeah. in Dunedin or anything like that. Now, believed to, when you also consider GM winter meetings are going on right now in Nashville. Ross Atkins did his media press conference via Zoom because he said... Because he wasn't there. Scheduling conflict, I couldn't be there. And then also John Schneider had to move his media availability from Monday to Tuesday. I mean, it's a pretty short leap to go, why weren't these guys here? Well, but... Mm -hmm. They're either uh, negligent in their job to the point of they need to be fired, which is unlikely, or they were doing something baseball related that had a higher priority. What could that possibly be? I don't know. Meeting with Shohei Otani fucking makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. So this could be when we say believed to have met with. Could that mean nothing more than it would hey, have been Ross Atkins and John Schneider weren't where they were supposed to be? 29 other managers and GMs were in Nashville. These guys weren't. Sources, sources say would have been easy for, sure. for Kenny Not, to put down, right. and he didn't. So, so, I mean, that doesn't mean that, that, that it isn't true either, right? Like, mm -hmm. it is just like... We could just be reading to the tea leaves here and be like, hey, these guys who are a in on whatever percentage you want to ascribe to it, they are a suitor for Shohei. They weren't where every of one of their colleagues was. Mm -hmm. 
Maybe they were meeting with Shohei. I don't know why they're assigning Dun Eden. They could have met with him in Toronto. I don't know, but... Yeah, I don't know. How much does this move the needle for you? It. I didn't want to say that it moved the needle for me at all, but I think it does a little bit. I don't know. A little bit. It goes from 1% chance to like 1.5% chance. I'm up 50% on my chances. That's, oh, that's a are, big increase. Um, Anything else to add on the Shohei to Toronto leak? No. Um, I mean, we are right in like peak got to generate content season for every, whether you're John Morosi or Jeff Passan or Mm -hmm. Ken Rosenthal, you've, you've got to get articles out just like the rest of us. So if there's something to be speculated on, you might as well speculate on it, right? Okay, um, next one then. Got a couple more and we'll get out of here. On Patreon, Caribou Heart TV says, how much faith do you guys have in Danny Jansen to stay healthy all season? When he's healthy, he might be my favorite player for us. The dude is clutch AF. That being said, it seems like he spends a lot of time each season on the injured list. I believe Kirk will do better in 24 than he did this year, but... I question his longevity slash durability, especially if we lose Danny to free agency at the end of the season. What's your thoughts on signing Mitch Garver? He can hit at times, LOL, and would be pretty steady behind the plate for us. Three catchers would make for a bit of a mess, but I'm sure we could flip someone. Also, what's the deal with Luis Mesa? It was a big deal when we signed him, but I haven't heard anything since. I'm just curious about his progression. So we'll start with Luis Meza because that one is the shortest answer. Uh, International free agent catcher that we signed uh, in 2022. Uh, He's 19 years old. A lot of development. Out of Venezuela, the Blue Jays do have a tie to Venezuela. And I know that the last catcher that they signed on the international free agent market out of Venezuela, Gabriel Moreno, wound up causing uh, maybe the biggest stir amongst Blue Jays fans that I can remember in years. So Luis Meza, also a Venezuelan catcher, 19 years old, as Adam said, playing in the Florida State League last year. The offense does to go. excite you. Uh, 192 batting average through 20 games. Uh, OPS of 487. Um, but yeah, uh, 19. In like his just, defense, 19 just years old. Just turned a professional ball. Yeah. Yes. So, um, I mean, if you sign a 16-year-old kid uh, to a million-dollar contract, it's exciting for everybody. Like, you don't just hand out a uh, big signing bonus to a literal child unless you see potential Without there's there. some some ceiling a high so, ceiling there absolutely but so uh, a lot of development. of development ahead yeah yeah okay um as far as Danny Jansen couldn't agree more when he's in the lineup uh love Danny Jansen love everything he does as a professional baseball player great defensive catcher Power stroke behind the plate. Love it. If he could stay on the field and catch for us 125 games a year, I'd be like, it would really go a long way to make me feel better about losing Gabriel Moreno. But can he? I don't know. Is he a free free agent at the end of this season? I should check. He is a free agent at the end of this year. He's got one year of control left with the Blue Jays. And I made a prediction two weeks ago where Adam and I both chose a player that would be, uh, didn't see coming as a big, big productive year in 2024. And I chose Danny Jansen. I, I said that he's going to stay healthy for the first time in his career. He's going to play 120 games and he's going to force the Blue Jays to put that bat of his in the DH spot more often than people saw coming at the start of this season. And I also thought that he would hit 25 
uh, to 30 dingers, be healthy enough to, to take the abats to do that, which he's been on pace for, for the last like two years, if you look at his numbers, but he just can't stay healthy. And yes, a lot of those injuries have been bad luck. He's taken balls off the hands. He's dealt with rehab that has been set back uh, because of things like, like just a bad luck, just bad luck. Now, when the bad luck piles up like this, it is really easy to say he's injury prone because, I mean, if you look like a duck and you quack like a duck, right? But 28 years old, definitely in the prime of his career. Nobody is more comfortable with this Blue Jays pitching staff than Danny Jansen. 2024 is going to be a make or break year for him. And you know what? A lot of guys on that free last free agent, the last year before free agency has a big year. I'm I'm expecting a lot out of Danny. I, I think that he's going to have a really good season. And if he doesn't, and he winds up being injured again, that's a real bummer for him. And I feel bad. And yeah, maybe it is time to move on as for Kirk. I think there's not much that he can do, but improve on last season. Um, Danny Jansen is coming into a free agent class next year in which he is by far the youngest catcher available. Um, a lot of mid thirties catchers. Mm-hmm. Nobody really stands out. Could you see him getting a five, six year, $80 million contract for Danny Jansen? that too rich yeah no that's too long uh wilson Contreras last year uh 30 and a half years old five years 87 million dollars for danny to sign a deal like that and he could very well sign a deal like that he would need to have a huge 2024 totally within the realm of possibility in fact that would be the best case scenario for this toronto blue jays organization and for danny jansen but if we're just going on his track record till now, if I'm a if I'm a team, I'm not signing Danny for longer than two years, and I don't think you'd need to, especially if he has another injury. If you're the Blue season. Jays, you you'd only sign him for two years as a Blue Jay too. Blue Jays is a little bit different, just because he's come up with them. I think so. Maybe they do give him a little bit longer term. But I, if I'm Danny Jansen and I have another injury marred season at 29 years old, I probably only want to sign a one-year deal, try and prove I can stay healthy and get back out there again. See, I'm the opposite. I think if I'm Danny and I have another injury-marred season, I want term at that point because I'm like, I could be out of the league at any point now. You know, if someone's willing to give me five, six years at like $10 million a year, I might be like, oh, that's a pretty enticing offer. Rather than a one-year, fifteen million. I uh, I don't know. We're making these numbers. I just up. think ten a year is way too much for Danny Jansen. I don't think he'll get that. I think ten that a year it's far more likely. Okay. Yeah, I think it's far more likely that he would take a little bit higher term or uh, sorry dollar amount. Maybe maybe he can get ten million one year. I just view Danny Jansen as someone who still has to prove he can keep it all together. Okay. Um, just as far as the most recent free agent class of catchers, I know Wilson Contreras on another level, he got big money. Uh, the next two biggest contracts offered was Christian Vasquez got a three year, $30 million deal. Uh, Christian Vasquez. Minimal power. Also has a hard time staying on the field. Low batting average, but he's a two-time World Series champ. I don't think it's unrealistic to get $10 million for Danny Jansen. Um, Omar Navarez? Nave- yeah. I can't say that name. I always struggle with Sorry. As soon as there's an apostrophe in someone's name, I my brain farts. Um 
You got seven and a half million. I think Danny's substantially better than that. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's the injury. It's the lack of games. I mean, you you look at his games played, and I mean, outside of I think it was 2019 where he put up 107 games or something like that, he had the second most games played of his career last year, I think, and it was like what. 95 games or something like that like he the guy can't stay on the field so yeah okay yeah but my only asterisk to that is with the exception of a handful of catchers you don't see full-time catchers anyways anymore you know what i mean no for sure so it's just and you know what? We are all aware of how much experience goes into calling a good game and being a good catcher and being defensively sound and leading that pitching staff. And then to also be able to put up some dingers and some offensive production, something that Danny can do. Maybe you're right. Maybe Danny Jansen at 29 years old with six years of Major League Baseball experience and the experience of leading a staff. Maybe that is a $10 million a year catcher. Maybe that is worth four years, five years. Like, there were only 10 catchers that had more than 125 games last year. Mm -hmm. So, I just, my only asterisk to put on it is when Danny Jansen plays 90 games in a season... It is not this. I just I'm just saying it like this is the by casuals for casuals asterisk of the day. When we say Danny played 90 games last season, it is not the same thing as saying George Springer only played 90 games last season mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Like for a catcher to play 90 is like 75% of a full time catcher expectations, whereas. For a right fielder or a third baseman, that's more like a half of a season. So it is just a little bit, when you look at the numbers, take it with a grain of salt and go, okay, he missed time, but half of those games were just Kirk was playing whether Danny Jansen was healthy or not. So mm-hmm. that's my only asterisk to put out there, but okay. Um, As far as the Mitch Garver of it all, uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I think Mitch Garver is a very comparable Danny Jansen surrogate to watch in free agency. Like I think what he gets this off season in free agency, I don't think it's going to be with Toronto, but I think he is a very similar guy to what Danny's going to get. So if he, whatever he gets for a contract this off season, I think is where Danny Jansen's going to be percentage points close to that kind of a contract in terms of, Term and, and dollar amount, but I, I don't think the Blue Jays go out and add add a catcher. Definitely not like no. a big, not a not a, a big name catcher. I think we've got other priorities. I think we're pretty well set for for catcher. Like if catcher is a hole for us this year, something's gone horribly wrong. And uh, I don't think Mitch Garver really moves the needle on like improving what this team is. Agreed. Um, the Tyler Heinemans are the kind of third catchers that the Blue Jays are going to be pursuing, you know? So, uh, there you go. Okay. Uh, last question of the day then comes in from Brian Crawford on Patreon. Thank you, Brian, uh, member of the level of excellence tier. So appreciate all the generous, uh, contribution from Brian. His question for the mailbag, are there any prospects in the Blue Jays system that you're worried about losing in the Rule 5 draft? No. I mean, to just to just straight up put it seriously, I, I really don't think the Blue Jays are going to lose anyone to the Rule 5 draft this year. If there is somebody to be concerned about, it is probably C.J. Van Eyck, who was drafted back in 2020. C.J. Van Eyck, a friend of the show and one of the first prospects that we had on the walk-off, very generous with his time. And oh boy, he told some pretty good stories about getting heckled from the from the fans. That was one of the questions we asked him is, what's the worst he's ever been heckled? And he had a couple pretty good anecdotes to tell us. C.J. Van Eyck, 
Then one year after that wound up getting Tommy John surgery midway through last season was the first time that he returned to the organization on the mound, pitching, putting in the work. He excelled at the Arizona fall league this fall mm-hmm. had an ERA of 2.51 pitched about 14 innings opponents batting average of one point or uh, sorry, 196. Listen, for the Rule 5 draft, you need to be drafted and stay on a roster all season long, or you get sent back to the team that you were taken from, or a trade is worked out. Is it possible that there is an organization out there that sees upside to C.J. Van Eyck and think that they can throw him in the bullpen and, and squeeze him through for a year? He's not there developmentally yet. He has never pitched a AAA. AA is the highest. I mean, Arizona Fall League is close to AAA, but still, he hasn't been in the league. He hasn't got a very many innings under his belt since returning from injury, which is why he was sent to the Arizona Fall League, was to get innings under his belt. He is still recovering from Tommy John surgery just getting back to the strength and where he was at before he underwent surgery. Do I think that he is a guy we're going to see in the top 10 prospects in the Blue Jays system in the next year? I, I kind of do. Do I think that a team is high enough on him that they're going to take the chance to take him when there's other possibilities out there? I don't. But great question, Brian. Uh, Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh CJ Van Eyck is the the top name, and I also don't think he's gonna go. I think because of where he's at in his recovery and his increase, like you said, biggest reason why I don't think he's going to get taken is he just doesn't fit the profile of a guy who could stay on a twenty six man roster for the season. So for that reason alone, it's, it has nothing to do with his ability. It's just. Yeah, where he's at in his in his rehab, and he just hasn't shown it. He did struggle this season. Uh, you mentioned the Arizona Fall League he did pitch better. Uh, still, the walks per nine were high. Walks per nine of five at the Arizona Fall League. In Double A, walks per nine of four point two. Um, in Single A, the numbers were better at the start of this season. He pitched six games. Um, had a whip under one, strikeouts per nine, ten and a half, walks per nine, th- uh, under three. But then as soon as he got the promotion to double A, the numbers looked a lot worse. The ERA doubled, uh, walks per nine, 4.2. That's atrocious. Uh, strikeouts per nine, 4.8. So he struggled at double A. He has settled in nicely at the Arizona Fall League. So that's something for him to hang his hat on over the off season and be optimistic going into next ball season. But yeah, I don't, I don't think he's close enough where unless you are a real bottom dweller team. Yeah. Like it would need to be somebody like the pirates who think that they can throw him in the bullpen and, and and CJ Van Eyck is a righty. It's a little easier to kind of miss saws your way through a season with a lefty because you can kind of limit his appearances right but i mean you're taking up a roster spot yeah i, I don't know and, and i he, i really do like cj van eyck and just so everybody is aware too one of the things that most tommy john surgeries produce is a lack of control when you first come back for that so. first season which is exactly what cj is going through there you go okay that's it a lot of good questions a lot of good comments. Thank you to all of you on the grounds crew. We so appreciate you following along. And if you stuck with us right till the end, well, a tip of the hat to you, my friend. Feel free to hit that like and subscribe button. My God, dude, we're pushing 5,000 subscribers right now. So if you're watching us and you haven't hit that subscribe button yet, help us top this thing off there. I know we hit number two in all of Canada for podcasts, baseball podcasts just last week. So uh, you guys are listening and we really, really appreciate all of the patronage. Uh, We do mailbag every single Tuesday. We do have some interviews going on. You can always reach out to us to get your 
comments and questions on the mailbag, by the way. Uh, Patreon gets that bump and instant access to interviews. We do have a couple interviews coming up. Taylor Sacedo, reliever with the Seattle Mariners. You folks who are Jays fans, you probably remember him from his time with the Blue Jays. Made his major league debut with the Jays. Friend, longtime friend of the show. So he's going to be joining us on Monday. And then we have Keegan Matheson of MLB.com joining us on Wednesday. That'll be out on Wednesday. Sacedo probably sometime next week or the week after that type of thing. So if you need that instant access, Patreon is the way to go. Thanks again, everybody. Take care. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Walk-Off Podcast with Scott Belford and Adam Mack with a new episode every Friday. Thanks for listening.